Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, November 3rd. Trending this hour, Miss Argentina and Miss Puerto Rico. They revealed they secretly got married. They wrote on their Instagram that they got married on October 28th after having kept their relationship out of the public eye. Also trending the World Series Game 4, the Astros pitching staff completed only the second no-hitter in World Series history. This is during their 5-0 to zero win. They evened up the series 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Can I say something on this real quick? Sure. Because Dusty Baker is the manager for the Astros, mm-hmm. and Dusty Baker will forever be the guy who couldn't manage a pitching staff who cost the Cubs a chance to win the World Series in 2003. Mm-hmm. So I freely admit that I'm saying this with all sorts of personal bias. Yeah. But if your pitcher mm-hmm. is throwing a no-hitter in the World Series, in which that's only been done... One, One other, other time, time, Don Larson's perfect game, and you've got a 5 nothing lead. It wasn't like, boy, he's totally – he'd throw 97 pitches. Guys used to throw well over 200 pitches. You do not take the pitcher out when he's throwing a no-hitter in the World Series. If you have a chance to do in the – whatever it's been, 120-plus years that there's been a World Series, if you have a chance to do something that only one other person is doing – you don't take the guy out. Let him finish the game. And what's wrong with this pitcher? I would have run out to the mound. I would have sprinted. I would have laid down in the dirt. I would have handcuffed myself to the pitcher's mound. <laughs> you do not, if you are a competitor, take yourself out when you're throwing a no-hitter in the World Series. <laughs> Finally trending, five lions. This happened in Sydney. They escaped the enclosure, and families were nearby camping at a Sydney zoo roar and snore. Luckily, all of the campers escaped safely. A roar and snore? A roar and snore. It's an opportunity to camp at the zoo next to the lions. Sounds like it might be fun until the lions escape their enclosure. Right. That seems somewhat risky. Pack up that tent really quick. Yes. Yeah. It is nine minutes after nine. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. And the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point. It was the fourth consecutive 75 basis point hike issued by the Fed and the sixth interest rate increase since March. So interest rates on mortgages, credit cards, and other loans, they're all going to rise as well. It it seems like we keep doing the same thing, and the same thing isn't helping because the goal of doing the same thing is to uncook the overcooked economy. And everybody needs to just keep telling themselves this, that it is the government's fault that the economy is overcooked and inflation is what it is. The Federal Reserve, in the reduction of interest rates that happened in 2020, were responding to a decision made by the government. And that decision was, we are going to lock down society. So the only way to attempt to keep the economy functioning in any shape, form, or fashion was to make money super affordable so that people could make expenditures they otherwise would not make. And now that they're trying to raise their way out of the overcooked economy, you are not 
going to do that. And it is not going to stop until the government stops spending money. And as Joe Biden has proven, and as Todd Young told me in a room full of people, it's never, ever, ever, never, ever, 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 never going to stop. So it doesn't matter what Jerome Powell does. Now, he can probably, because as we have seen based on the colossal collapse of the stock market the past year and a half, and by the way, the colossal collapse, yes, it's a lot of stuff Biden's done, but it's also the fact that it wasn't real. So much of what happened in society in 2020 and 2021 was not real. Whether it is the stock market, you have someone close to you who is super into collectibles, the ridiculous amounts of money people were getting for collectibles, all of those things mm -hmm. have leveled back out mm -hmm. because it wasn't Real. It was all made up. Well, people don't have money to invest now because of these high interest rates. And Powell said that, uh, you know, the rates could rise above 4.5 to 4.75 percentage range. And it is the most aggressive action that they've taken since 1980 trying to fix this. Y yes, but the problem is the other side of the equation, right? It's like a relationship in which one person says, hey, this relationship is highly flawed. We should really do something about it. I'd like for us to go to counseling or start doing something markedly different that we're doing. And the other person goes, yeah, this relationship is really flawed. You ought to do something about that. <laughs> In this case, the Fed is the person who's trying to take the action, which is the raising of interest rates, but the federal government continues to print money. So there still keeps being more and more and more money thrown into this economy. It, it doesn't do any good for the Fed to try to get money out of the economy. It's like a, it's like a, like a ship that has a hole in it, and you keep throwing water out in a bucket. It's going to keep filling back up. Well, how about when Wall Street keeps saying the Fed is going to pivot away? We're going to pivot away from these increases. I mean, do you remember hearing that? We're going to pivot, pivot, pivot. They did. It fueled a massive run-up on stocks in October, best month since 1976. But now they have retreated because they're no longer going to pivot because you can't. Here is Powell, and he's saying the truth. It, 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 he's, he's not saying these words, but what he's saying is it really doesn't matter what they're doing right now. Inflation isn't going anywhere. Today, the FOMC raised our policy interest rate by 75 basis points, and we continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate. We are moving our policy stance purposefully to a level that will be sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2%. In addition, we're continuing the process of significantly reducing the size of our balance sheet. Restoring price stability will likely require maintaining a restrictive stance of policy for some time. If you want to fix inflation, and look, I can't do this because I have not entered into a relationship, again, with Todd Young. Todd Young and I have had a, a divorce in which that is never going to go back together. So if you are a person, so I, I can't do this because I'm no longer in the relationship. Um, if you're a person who's going to kneel at the altar and vote for Todd Young because you're petrified of a Democrat, this is on you. Because you're the one voting for him, and he has told me... He's going to keep spending. He's going to keep spending. So I'm out of this. I've, I've said I'm tired of inflation. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of record prices and not being able to afford stuff. So as someone who has done that, I have voted for someone else. I've already made that choice and done 
that thing. You gave him his key back. My family has made the same choice. So we're out. This is on you now. The inflation is no longer on me. I've taken the action for the candidate who will do the things to address inflation. So if you are a Todd Young voter, your job now is to write an email and call this guy every single day and say, I'm a voter of yours. Stop spending the money because that's the only way this is going to stop. And the fact that he's running ads right now, bragging about how he added tens of billions of dollars to the national debt to enrich some of the largest corporations, not just in the country, but in the world. I don't think he has any intention to stop. Now I'm picking on him because he's our guy, but it's true with Sanders mm-hmm. and Schumer mm-hmm. and McConnell and uh, Warren. And I mean, this is how it stops. It doesn't stop until they stop, and they're not stopping. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC, and let's quickly talk about Gavin Newsom. He cautioned his party in a recent interview for their failure to offer us a compelling narrative. He said that the Democrats are getting destroyed on messaging and that they're just going to have to do better. Yeah, uh, Gavin Newsom is a lunatic, but he totally gets what's going on. And this is why I I really think he's likely going to be the face of the party and probably the nominee in 2024, because he knows what's happening. He knows they're about to get crushed and he knows they stink at messaging because they've got a feeble old man who can't string three words together as their president. And they're picking Senate nominees who start the debate with, hi, good night, everybody. Take a listen. California Governor Gavin Newsom's race for re-election is not close, so he's campaigning for embattled Democrats. Does it feel like a red wave? Yeah, of course it does. And and again, uh, uh, I'm not paid to say that. I'm paid to say, you know, faint and feel. I mean, I get it. Look, I mean, I could be the cheerleader. I'm also a pragmatist. You feel it. Newsom, with one of his party's biggest digital and fundraising operations, sounds like a Democrat with bigger ambitions. And it goes to my fundamental grievance with my damn party. We're getting crushed on narrative. We're going to have to do better in terms of getting on the offense and stopping on the damn defense. I urge okay, all yeah, of you. All right, living cool. Yeah, so, I mean, he knows it. He knows that they have lost. First of all, they're losing the reality, which is the price of everything and the inability to get stuff at the price of gas, et cetera. But he also knows they're they're not they're not doing a good job of spinning back to society. No, what is happening to you isn't really happening to you. He said that he wasn't paid to say that. Okay, I thought he was paid to run the state of California. And by the way, he is paid very well. He is the highest paid governor in the country, making over $210,000 a year. He also said it's not his ambition. His ambition can change. He can walk that back easily. And he's running against a severely underfunded Republican. He's up 20 points in the polls, despite almost being recalled last year. You mentioned you think that he'll be the nominee. When I picture Gavin Newsom, I picture the oily Bohunk from 16 Candles. Do you know what I'm talking about? I guess we don't have that audio. No, I have no idea. I I don't watch women's movies. But (laughs) I think you had some audio for that, and I guess we we don't have it. So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, Corinne Jean-Pierre, Casey, Mm. she's back. Okay, we'll get to it from 93 WIBC. Biden administration worked in tandem with social media giants like Facebook and Twitter to censor statements they deemed misinformation about topics, including the pandemic. 
They've not been shy about leaning on social media companies to police their content. And now a petition has been filed in a Louisiana federal court by their state attorney general and also his counterpart in Missouri that charged dozens of federal officials across at least 11 federal agencies engaged in a massive sprawling federal censorship enterprise with the intent and effect of pressuring social media platforms to censor and suppress private speech that federal officials disfavor. Uh, Yes. So this is why people are so upset on the left about Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the liberalism thrives when free speech and the free flow of ideas is stymied. And they did that very clearly. They, being the federal government, did that, according to Zuckerberg, take his word for it, not ours, through the pressure of things they could or could not share related to various things, i.e. the election. So don't take our word for it. Mark Zuckerberg said that on Joe Rogan. Mm -hmm. And we know that if, or we don't know, but we have a very, 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 very good idea that if Twitter did, or that if Facebook did it, Twitter certainly did it as well. Um, The idea that now free thoughts can be given without stymying, censoring, whatever is petrifying to the left. And now it is coming out, not that we needed it to come out even more, about how the federal government interacted with private entities to keep your views and the views of millions of other people from being shared across the country, across the world. And Corinne Jean-Pierre got asked about this Mm -hmm. yesterday. Mm -hmm. And listen to this non-answer. There was uh, reporting in The Intercept about opportunities for the federal government to identify uh, for social media companies different posts that contained uh, what was perceived as misinformation about the origins of COVID, the vaccine, uh, other things as well, you know, such as Ukraine or the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Yeah, I, so um, look, I, I'll say this, um, the, you know, the administration, um, the Biden administration remains fully uh, committed to our mission to protect the, sec- the security and resilience of our, um, of, of our you know, elections and safeguard election infrastructure. That includes combat- combating disinformation. That is something that uh, we are committed to. Um, you know, we work to protect that, uh, f- uh, protect Americans from disinformation that threatens the homeland, including malicious efforts spread by foreign ad- advers- ad- um, adversaries. Um, ah, adversaries, sorry, pardon me, began before the Disinformation Governance Board was established. In fact, some of that work uh, began before this uh, administration. So, uh, you know, I want I want to be very clear that cross-agency work continues to this day. Uh, don't want to don't want to get a, ahead of uh, of anything else. This is a Department of Homeland Security, so I would refer you to them. So, so you are flagging uh, misinformation. As I, I don't have anything more to add. This is a Department of, of Homeland Security that I would refer you to. Go ask the other guy. That's that's uh that's the worst denial in the uh in the history of ever. At least you know what Jen Psaki, the former press secretary on July 15th of 2021 said that 
they were flagging problematic posts for Facebook that spread disinformation. And, and one person's disinformation is another person's truth. Sure. Yeah. Um, look, you, the, the federal government is working in coordination with social media companies to attempt to stymie and 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 choke off your ability to see things, your ability to put things out in the ether. This is why the Twitter takeover by Elon Musk is such a big deal, because now there is a gigantic platform. We saw it the other day where Biden had to take that post down about Social Security. Mm-hmm. You had nothing to do with that. It was incomplete. You know, and, and they backpedaled out of that. So, yes, huge deal. Good thing. The more and more open and free flow of ideas that exist in our society, good thing. All right, when we come back, Casey, yes. Abdul's going to join us. Mm-hmm. And I thought when Abdul was going to be here today, our big thing with Abdul is going to be about how Diego Morales said there was no debate for Secretary of State right. when there he, clearly was a debate. He was crisscrossing 92 counties in his campaign car, but, campaign finance vehicle. But then, this morning, a huge story broke in Indy Star mm. about Diego Morales and potential elections legal voting oh, so boy. we have so much to get into we'll talk about it coming up next all right it's on the way from 93 wibc good morning the Kindle and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Oh, look who it is. <laughs> he's wearing a jacket. Uh, the one and only, he's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur. The one and only, Abdul Hakeem Shabazz. How are you, my friend? I'm having a better day than probably a candidate for Secretary of State right now. Oh, well, okay, so let's get let's start with it. I thought I thought this would be the big story when it comes to the Secretary of State's race uh, this today. Week. But it turned out uh, the indie star, when it comes to Diego Morales, said, but wait! There's There's more. more. (laughs) So we'll get to the breaking news this morning in just a moment. But first, let's talk about yesterday in which Diego went on Tony's show and had to know he was going to be asked, why did you not debate your opponent? That was a huge story. It was, you know, all people all over the state wanted to know that. And his answer was essentially the debate didn't happen. Is that the worst answer you could have possibly given? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Had to think about it. Yeah. I, I think so, because it's, it's one thing to, uh, and of all the things that Diego could have, could have responded with, no, I don't trust legal and voters. No, they say they're nonpartisan, but here's some data to show that they are, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't going to participate in the debate. I'll just, I, I enjoy talking to Hoosiers, answering their questions directly without a filter, blah, 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 blah. That's all you had to say, and you'd been fine. But instead, he, he used what I call the shaggy defense. It wasn't me. But I saw you on the counter. It wasn't me. But I saw you on the sofa. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Like, who can believe me or your lying eyes? So, so there was no debate. Like, but yes, there was a debate. The two candidates were there. You were there. I was there. I but, watched it. A bunch of media people. So all those people, we just magically turned on nothing for two hours for an hour on Sunday night on October 10th. Yeah, okay. and when you lie about the obvious... And especially when you do it in a forum like Tony's, which has a huge audience, and this radio station are some of the most politically engaged people in the entire state, you're ins- you're insulting those people. Like you, you the, a lie like that that is so blatant and so obvious, it causes people to cut across whatever political norms or established views they have, and say, "Wait a second, this guy's just lying right to my face." And even if I'm a Republican. I'm not going to tolerate that because what else is he lying about? Exactly because if, if you're if you're not honest about the small stuff, then how can we trust you on the bigger stuff? Right, and and for a guy who has all sorts of unanswered questions, 
whether it's his work record, his military record, you know, the the stuff that that uh, that you know you put out there, you stop getting the benefit of the doubt when you're caught lying about the most obvious and stuff you don't even need to lie about. Exactly. I mean, and and that's the thing is if if. <laughs> my grandfather used to say this all the time, like grandson. The only thing I hate worse than a thief and a liar is a clumsy thief and a bad liar. Yeah, I, you know, and look, the allegations that the women made to you, those to me, and we talked about it on air. I wouldn't vote based on that because they they aren't putting their names behind it. He can't disprove it. They can't prove it. But it is a pattern of things. Like the the Secretary of State getting fired from the Secretary of State's office. You produce that paperwork. They've never said, no, that's a total fraud. That's a made up. You've been you've been fooled, Abdul. They just say, nah, no, nah, no, nah, that didn't happen and Rokita endorsed me. But the paper nah, no, 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 that didn't happen in the uh, but the, the, you know, Rokita endorsed me. It when you lie when you are caught lying about something ridiculous and the lie is so ridiculous, right? Like if he had just come out and given given the answer you'd given or one close to that, I'd have gone and ripped him at the start of our show, and that'd been the end of it. Instead, it's a huge story. Because it's not a difference of opinion. It's not you have a bad opinion. It's you're lying. I was always taught when you're in a hole, first thing to do is to get out of the hole, stop digging. <laughs> yeah. uh, 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Abdullah here. So we thought that was going to be the big story involving Diego today. But this morning, James Briggs of IndyStar has a big expose saying that Diego may have illegally voted in 2018. Now, this sound, now, folks, for some of you longtime listeners to the to the State House Happiness Program, you might remember a gentleman by the name of Charlie White y- yes. back in 2010, who was elected Secretary of State. Uh, turns out he didn't vote where he was supposed to vote, and ended up going to uh, getting convicted of voter fraud. Okay, so this is in, this is ironic for the first reason that Diego, after he was according to the paperwork fired by Todd Rokita, then somehow ended up working for Charlie White, who is the next Secretary of State, who according to the paperwork Diego was about to be fired by Charlie White's office before he quit and as you said charlie white then later was convicted did he go to prison he did i don't don't think he went to prison he got home like home detention okay but he was convicted of committing what illegally voting right and this dates back to when he was on the the fisher's town council the fisher's council he lived in fisher's he lived in one place voted another place it was it was weird it was all, all i know is at the end of the day uh, <clears throat> Charlie to uh, get in trouble and convicted of a felony, and he had to resign <clears throat> as secretary, or he was removed or whatever as secretary of state. Well, yeah, to step down because once you're convicted, yeah. then you got to step down under Indiana law. Yeah. So Briggs and IndyStar, and this is I, you got to give credit to IndyStar, great job of reporting on this, says that in 2016 Diego bought a home in Marion County, and with that home, as you know. Most Hoosier taxpayers do. He had a homestead credit tax deduction on that home, and that homestead credit where you take is your primary residence. You're saying, this is where I live. That's why it's, that's why it's called the homestead credit. This is where I live. Well, obviously, where you live is where you would vote. The only problem is, in 2018, and I believe not once but twice, right? You voted in the primary and the general election. Diego Morales voted at a residence in Plainfield. And because I was he was asking, a candidate for Congress in the 4th Congressional District. Right. So I was asking you that his residence in Marion County was at the time not, you correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm phrasing this in the form of the question, it was not in the Congressional District he was running in, correct? Exactly. So 
if you start connecting some dots here, the guy has a homestead credit in Plain in in Marion County. He's voting in Plainfield at a second residence. Well, now we've got a big problem here because we've got we actually we've got two problems. Yeah, yeah, we're, no, you're right because because either a you're committing property tax fraud by uh, taking credit for getting a homestead credit right. that you're not entitled to, or you're committing voter fraud right. because you're voting in a place where you don't it's not your primary residence. So, are you stealing property taxes or voting is the question. Now, what makes life even more interesting is that either Ryan Mears <clears throat> or Cindy Carrasco may have to deal right. with this, or uh, what's the name? Uh, Lauren Delp. Lauren Delp, the Hendricks County prosecutor, may have to deal with this. I can see them both saying, uh-uh, no, 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 not us. We're getting a special prosecutor. Let them investigate, and I see exactly where potentially this is going. Because if he committed voter fraud, uh, Brig, according to Briggs, that's a level six felony. And again, now maybe there is some logical answer for this, but I don't see it because your homestead credit is your primary residence. That's why it's called a homestead credit. So if you took the homestead credit, that's where you should be voting, right? You would think. So how he's going to say that these two things could be true at the same time? And of course, the irony in all of this is that he centered his campaign on cracking down on voter fraud. On make, voter fraud. What makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat? That was his slogan. Okay, so let's. Uh, by the way, Abdul is here. We're talking about uh, the never-ending saga that is Diego Morales. Let's talk about this. Saga. Uh, that's the four-letter S word you're going to use. Well, <laughs> the, old, the 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 thing that obviously people are thinking about now is how does this impact the election? Up until I don't know, maybe an hour ago, I was under the the pretense, or and I said it out loud. I still think he's going to get across the finish line. I'm not so sure anymore. I, how Republican is the state? Because the Republicans could not pick a worse candidate than Diego Morales. Well, but Diego's, Diego's strategy, uh, this whole election cycle has been to basically give Republicans a vote straight ticket. And if they, he thinks if we get Republicans to vote straight ticket, then he can win. That'll, that, that'll, that straight ticket surf will carry him over uh, to the finish line. I'm not so sure about that because I still think there are a number of Republicans who aren't going to vote, who may vote straight ticket, but may scratch for Destiny Wells or maybe skip a race altogether, not vote straight ticket. So that that's one part of the equation. And, and the thing that hurts Diego is that Jeff Moore, the Libertarian, is such a great candidate. Like if it were some weirdo or booger eater or whatever, you'd have people who may just leave it blank or may ah gosh I got to vote for this guy. Having a great alternative hurts him because you don't have to vote for Destiny Wells if you don't like Diego. Exactly. And then the other thing, too, to keep in mind is, let's say, uh, one now one conclusion is, uh, obviously, everyone's innocent until proven guilty, number one. But let's say uh, Diego does get elected, uh, is committed, is convicted of, say, a, a voter violation or a homestead violation, which, are, which potentially is a felony, and then he has to step down. Well, guess who gets to pick his replacement? Yeah, and boy, who's been saying that for a while? Holcomb gets to make the wood get to make the replacement. Pe- no, people should just listen to us. And I, and I would, and I would not be surprised just out of just out of a very delicious irony and a big giant, you know, Felix Unger to the delegates that Holcomb were to pick Holly Sullivan to take Diego's place. Now, this is all all from the realm of speculation, but but once again, folks, this does bring up serious questions about elections and integrity. And when you have potentially the the candidate for yeah. Secretary of State possibly have committed voter fraud 
Come on. Yeah, and, and it's not an either-or thing in the sense of, you know, I've heard that from a lot of people. They, well, we wanted to send a message to Holcomb, and, uh, you know, we didn't want Holly Sullivan. There was a third option. And the third option was actually the best, most qualified option, which was David Shelton, who's the Knox County clerk, who's actually run elections, who I believe has actually caught voter fraud, won an award or something for it. So if you wanted that, it wasn't, well, it was either Diego or Holly Sullivan. There was another option. And so ultimately, that rests on the delegates who didn't vet this guy. And what's funny is I actually had a conversation, oh, about a month ago with the uh, uh, Hamilton County Precinct Committeeman. We were downtown just having coffee. And I was like, so so what's the deal with Diego? Like, come on, honestly. He's like, well, Abdul, let's say Diego gets elected. At least we control the office. So when he gets thrown out, we can <laughs> replace it. Hey, are you working this weekend? Uh, yes. Uh, interviewing Dr. Laura Wilson. Oh, yeah? Uh, University of Indianapolis. She moderated that debate that Diego he, said didn't happen. Yeah, yes, she did. Uh, also, uh, we spoke to uh, Evan McMahon, the chairman oh, yeah? of the Libertarian Party of Indiana. And also, uh, Michael Hart. Uh, he's a Republican candidate uh, running for the, uh, in for, the state house, for the state house in Marion County. The one and only Abdul Akib Shabazz. Thank you, my friend. Hey, thank you. 93 WIBC. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. So Eric Holcomb has announced an economic development trip to Egypt next week. Wait, what? Leaving the country. Wait, what? Yeah. Eric Holcomb, our governor, he's oh. going to Egypt. Oh, okay. He's going to the United Nations Climate Change Conference. Sure. Oh, he's going to the where? The United Nations Climate Change Conference. Oh, okay. He's well, gonna he's gonna be the keynote. Do the keynote address. Okay, so let, let me let me make sure I understood this correctly. So, our governor mm-hmm. in a state mm-hmm. that has record government spending, record government programs, is sitting on fifteen hundred dollars of our money that they don't have any use for the gas tax, one of the highest in the nation. Mm-hmm. He's not doing anything to help people here. He's spending his time going to Egypt Mm -hmm. to talk about climate change. Mm -hmm. What the hell does Eric Holcomb know about climate change? I missed that in his degree. I mean, is he, is he, is he, uh, I, I miss his years on television uh, as a meteorologist studying and talking about the weather. I missed him on the, the Weather Channel for all those years. Eric Holcomb knows no more about climate than I do. So he's going to do the keynote address. Uh-huh. And he's talking about Indiana's efforts to usher in clean energy infrastructure. Oh. You mean where they're and innovation. You mean where they're 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 buying up all that land and putting the windmills in and mm-hmm. then yeah, you mean okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, just Yeah. Did you know that this is his fourteenth international trip? This is uh, yes, okay. So thank you, Casey. Fourteenth. This guy for wanting to be the governor of Indiana mm-hmm. really loathes being in Indiana because at every opportunity he finds ways to not only get out of Indiana, mm-hmm. but he leaves the entire freaking country. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, he has, he, Holcomb and Hupfer and his buddies, the donors mm-hmm. and lobbyists in the Indiana Republican Party have this bizarre fetish about not improving the lives of actual Hoosiers but trying to attract as much international money and businesses to our state. Not even like, not even we went to Illinois and stole a business. Okay. International. And when this happens, you're not benefiting the lives of Hoosiers. You're not helping people now. And there's a good chance that a lot of these corporations that they're bringing to Indiana are also not helping people now. They're bringing in outside workers. Eric Holcomb goes out of his way to help everyone but the people of Indiana. 
He's going to be palling around with John Kerry because he'll of be there. Of course he is. Yeah. So this event is being held in Egypt. It's called COP27, COP27. The event runs November 6th through the 18th. Holcomb's not going to be there the entire time. Oh. We don't have all of the details about his trip, but we do know he's going. Uh, get this. He just got back from Germany. You remember he was just over in Germany. He will not be in the state of Indiana on election day. I, look, again, I am not the problem in this equation because I had a very <laughs> messy divorce from the Holcomb administration about three months into the Holcomb administration. And I didn't vote for Eric Holcomb. So if you're a person who crossed over to vote for Eric Holcomb, if you had a, whether it was uh, you were afraid of a Democrat or a momentary moment of insanity, or whatever reason that might have been, you need to do something about this. Because I did my part. <laughs> my family did my part. You filed the papers? From this from, from happening. <laughs> so, I mean, you have a governor. Mm-hmm. So 14 times he's been governor for six years. So that is what? Like one, two Two and a half, uh, two and a third, whatever times a year. He's not just leaving the state. Mm-hmm. He's leaving the country. He wants to be everywhere but in Indiana, which is weird because you said you wanted to be the governor of the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. I do not want my my state internationalized, Casey. I like Indiana. I like Hoosiers. I like the feel and flavor of Indiana. I grew up in Indiana. I like what Indiana is. And I don't give rounds of applause for governors who leave the state to attract international companies who, by and large, are not going to be hiring nor benefiting the people of Indiana. Buying up land here in the Hoosier State. You don't get a gold star for helping other countries. Because clearly, oh, the investment. What does that mean for me? Taxes have never been higher in Indiana. You've never kept more of my money. So apparently, the lust and fetish of attracting international companies isn't resulting in a better pocketbook for me. We have one of the highest gas taxes in the entire nation. Mm -hmm. So what does this do for me? What does this do for my neighbors other than change the landscape of what Indiana is and has always been? Yeah, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And let's talk about someone who's very unpopular, even with members of his own party, many (laughs) calling for him not to run again. He's already the oldest president in history, older at the start of his first term than Ronald Reagan was at the end of his second term. He's got... (laughs) record low approval ratings and he was just in Florida which quite quite frankly is a total waste of time because Ron DeSantis is going to beat Chris by double digits right. and we're talking about President Walnut, Joe Biden and now even CNN saying yeah nobody really wants him to come stump for him for this election, this midterm Go. That's a big factor in where Biden has been these last few days. He is not going to the places that you're seeing former President Obama go to. It's because of that approval rating. And a lot of people are not, you know, they don't want to be seen with the president, quite frankly. And they don't want to even answer the question about whether they should be, be um, running with him or right, having having him on the campaign trail or if they'll support him come 2020. Yeah. Even CNN, Casey. A moment of clarity from CNN, huh? Even CNN. Yeah, imagine sharing a campaign stage with that guy. You wouldn't want to put your name next to his. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.